Put it together and what do you got? Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash Mouse Madness, Kyle. Mm. Uh, we're we're back, uh, and we're talking Disney 100. Uh, we're we're about the halfway point uh, through this year of Disney 100 celebration, and honestly, I feel like it's flying by. It, it it seriously is flying by, and I owe Jerry's gang an update. My my takes on how the celebration has gone. I started a series, and I haven't picked it back up, so that will be coming soon. But it's crazy <laughs> that we've already reached the halfway point of this calendar year as well as the celebration uh, and i'm really excited for what the latter half has in in store for us i've got two disney trips on the books baby i i got a land and i got a world so here i am finishing out this year uh checking out the parks and i'm super excited about that um and one person who is obviously excited about the parks and goes very often is returning guest host sarah kate sarah kate welcome back Thank you. Very, very interested to see uh, how this ends up and also hoping that I can somehow get it on this Disney World trip with Kyle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> come through. We'll, we'll both be there. We're ready to rock. You can show us around, make it happen. Um, you were talking a little bit and we hinted at it about the medals behind you. Talk to us about the Run Disney experience because I've never done it. Chris, I don't think you've ever done it. No. So like, I know you like to run, but what is different about Run Disney than maybe some of these other running events? Yeah. So I, at first, I, I wouldn't have been able to answer that question super well because I'd only ever done Run Disney. So that was oh. my only running experience. But this year, Sebastian and I went and did um, a 10K in Charleston. Um, and it's just, it doesn't compare. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> There's not nearly as much hype. The people aren't dressed up like Disney characters with some crazy contraption that they're going to carry for 13.1 miles. Um, and you're wondering how the heck that's going to work out. <laughs> and there's no DJ. There's not characters along the way. And it's also not 3.30 in the morning and um, <laughs> like 70 degrees with 95% humidity. Um, right. No, <laughs> they are like, it's so much fun. I did my last one in April um, and we brought one of my mom's friends along with us and she was not a runner previously, was incredibly mm -hmm. nervous about the whole thing and left. And as of today, um, texted my mom saying she wants to do the princess half marathon full weekend challenge, which means she wants to do the 5k, the 10k and the half. Um, Dang. Yeah. So it you create fans without even trying and you don't even have to be a runner so i highly highly recommend that you two jump on board and if you want some help with registration you you know who to reach out to <laughs> yeah i was telling sarah kate off podcast that chris and i had talked about doing the virtual one that's coming up and making playlists for each other and doing a whole content thing and we uh we missed the registration it got sold out before it, we even it got happens to it quick but you're doing it. So yes. we're going to have to have you back and talk about like yes. the virtual run and how you do that and how you keep that Disney. And that's that's great. One of these days we'll get on that for sure. Yes, please. Something I'm always uh, interested in is the run Disney merch. Yes. Uh, okay. If there's like, is there like special edition shirts and bags yeah. and hats? Yeah. So there's a whole expo that you have to go to at least one day prior to your race to get your, your bib and everything. Um, then you get a free t-shirt too. And it's like a nice, nice, like athletic t-shirt that you can run in. So it's really, really mm -hmm. awesome, but they have a whole like warehouse, other separate building. That's just merch. And mm. it's so crazy popular that they've created a virtual queue for it. So like <laughs> get up at seven in the morning to hop in the virtual queue um, to go there. I will say most of the time I go to the last day of the expo, which is a hit or miss because if you get into the merchandise building expo, whatever it is, you might not have access to everything that was there the first day, but I didn't wait in a line. So mm. 
Right. You, you got to pick and choose. But yeah, there is, there's a lot. They've got tons of vendors out there too. So it, it's its own event in itself. That's great. Well, um, let's get let's get back into uh, some Disney 100 songs. And yeah. before we start our discussion, let's go over some spoonfuls of sugar. Uh, Kyle, what are you drinking today? Oh, man. I I texted Kyle Madsen, friend of the pod, past guest host, uh, because I have found what is possibly my favorite IPA in the Bay Area. I did it. Yesterday, I, I've been fun employed for the past like month or so. And so yesterday in my fun employment, I took a book and I went to a brewery that I hadn't been to before here in the East Bay, Gilman Brewery in West Berkeley. Uh, and while I was there, I was trying out their IPAs. I love a West Coast IPA and I found the one that I love the best, not only because of its taste, but because the can art is incredible. This beer is called Frog on Bicycle and the can art looks a little something like this. Hey. Amazing. It is an old timey frog. On an old timey bike with his old timey hat flying off. Is that uh, Mr. Toad? I'm. I mean, come <laughs> on. This is Mr. Toad pre motor car craze. Yeah. This is how he was getting around town. Teenage Mr. Toad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just is so delicious. It is juicy. It is just the right amount of hops for me. Uh, I'm kind of exiting out of the hazy IPA era and moving into the juicy West Coast, and this just does it. So if you're ever in Berkeley, I think that they have a brewery in San Francisco as well. Um, Gilman Street Brewing Co. Uh, incredible West Coast IPA. Frog on Bicycle. Chris, what about you? Um, I'm, still, I'm still drinking some water over here, but I do want to shout out a uh, cocktail uh, we had, uh, I had at least last weekend. You were there to watch me drink it. But, I know um, I was. We've been, we've been hitting up Tiki Tom's a lot lately <laughs> out in uh, Walnut Creek, California. Super fun spot. Highly recommend if you're in the Bay Area. Uh, but I've kind of found my go-to tiki drink. Yeah. Um, and it is called the Tongaroa. Mm. Uh, Tongaroa is the Maori god of the sea. Oh, wow. uh, this is a cocktail served on the rocks uh, with Puerto Rican and Jamaican rums, gin, orjo, cinnamon syrup, mango, and lime. Very simple kind of uh, combination. Easy to, easy to mix up. Uh, but something about that combination of flavors just really, it's, it's be, like I said, become probably my favorite tiki drink. So uh, I awesome. love it. I would highly re- recommend y'all at home whip one up yourselves. Yeah. Um, Sarah Kate, uh, what do you got? Yeah, I, I am still sipping on my Disney Park Magical Star cocktail in my uh, Tangled Mug with Pascal handle. So we're, we're about halfway through. I did not realize how big this mug was. <laughs> <laughs> That also that is a top tier mug. Yeah, I like, that you is just a phenomenal me? mug. I was terrified to fly home with this because I thought it was going to break. It's, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't top this. Uh, it's so good. All right, Chris, let's get back into this episode. Let's remind people of how we got here in the first place. Our demographic we surveyed were people taking their last ride on Splash Mountain at Disneyland. As they were sitting there waiting in line, we had the interns ask them, hey, check out this track list. What are some of the favorite songs on here that represents that Disney 100 celebration? They gave us 16. They forgot Four Town. That's okay. It's whatever. Not salty about it. And in debate, we got to an elite eight. And it looks like this. Number one, Circle of Life from the Lion King is going to take on the number nine, Under the Sea from the Little Mermaid. Number four, Let It Go from Frozen is going to take on the number 12, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty. Cross the bracket, the number two, Beauty and the Beast from that same film is going to be taking on number seven, It's a Small World from the Parks Attractions. And the number three, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio is going to take on the number six, The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book. Uh, And let's just, let's dive in, Chris. I think you started off last time, so I will start off first. This time, number one, Circle of Life. Verse number nine, Under the Sea. Last episode, I did not have Under the Sea moving on because as I continue to say about this song, it just doesn't do it for me. Just the song itself, whether it's in, in this, on this vinyl, in the film, on the soundtrack, it just doesn't quite do it for me. And you know what I had a realization recently, Chris? I think that it also bugs me because on the Little Mermaid attraction at California Adventure, the biggest room is under the sea and then the movie just like skips ahead. 
Like you spend like 45 seconds circling the huge under the mm-hmm. sea uh, scene and then yeah. you hit a tunnel. She loses her voice. Uh, she defeats Ursula and the film is over. Like right. they sure. most of that ride is spent under the sea and it's not it's not even the best part of the film. It's not even the best song of the film. So as I said last time, just in concept, it is an interesting pick to have under the sea represent the beginning of the Disney Renaissance era when part of your world is by far the superior song. And I would have even taken poor unfortunate souls over it. So I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but here it is up against circle of life, which I talked a lot about last time being a significant moment in the Disney animation history. Uh, not only because it does represent, in my opinion, the absolute peak of the Renaissance, um, but because it starts off that film in a way that really sets the tone. And it's it's important. You could have had, we could have had um, Just Can't Wait to Be King here. We could have had Akuna Matata here. But the circle of life just feels as important as what that film meant to the company at the time. Uh, and that that is a heavy uh, you know, load to carry for one song. But it is, I just think it makes so much sense to be on this vinyl. Uh, it kind of shows up right smack dab in the middle of the, the Renaissance era of this vinyl as well. Right after Beauty and the Beast, you jump straight into Circle of Life and then Colors of the Wind. I, I just like it a lot. Another vinyl that I've recently got, Chris, uh, was Hans Zimmer released a live vinyl. Um, wow. in which he does a bunch of songs from a bunch of films that he's obviously done. Obviously, I got it because Pirates is on there, so I, I had to have that on vinyl. But there's this, a Lion King version, a uh, Lion King section of that vinyl, and Circle of Life hit very hard. Hmm. It's Circle of Life and He Lives in You. Those are the two songs that hmm. represent that film for him. Love it. And I think that makes a ton of sense, and it makes a ton of sense here as the number one seed. I have it moving on past Under the Sea. So uh, both of these songs are on disc two, side one of this yep. vinyl collection. Uh, disc two, side one is Under the Sea. I mentioned on the last episode how you change out your records and you flip on the new one and you steel drop drums, the baby. needle in the groove and you got the steel drums working for you. Uh, so it goes Under the Sea, Beauty and the Beast, Circle of Life, Colors of the Wind, which is one that I actually was thinking about putting in our Miss the Dance conversation because mm-hmm. I really liked listening to that song hmm. uh, on vinyl because I was ge- those little those little chirpy birds were coming out uh, for me <laughs> a lot in the <laughs> in that one, <laughs> uh, and then it's reflection in Hawaiian roller coaster ride. So it's like your it's like your nineties early. I, oh, it actually includes all of the 2000s as yes. well. Wow. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you just jump all the way in and then Ooh. what? You don't, you don't show back up until 2006 when we're all in this together. They just dive in. Um, okay. Well, um, yes. Both of these songs representing a very similar era in yeah. Disney musical history. Um, and, and I think both of them do a really good job um, kind of giving one of my favorite sort of sensations uh, when I'm really plugging in to listen to music intentionally. Uh, and that is to feel like I'm being physically taken to, to somewhere else. Mm. Uh, I am, I am both in like the words that are in the music, but like the instrument choice and sort of like the way the surround sound is sort of like mixed in. Um, you're, you're going somewhere emotional. You're going some different place in time, different place uh, physically. Um, and, and I think both of these songs do that, uh, in this, in this, uh, listening setup, mm-hmm. the circle life where we're out on the plains in the Savannah, mm-hmm. those flutes aren't, aren't your, uh, orchestra flutes. They're your, your, they're your wooden, uh, like, um, indigenous tr- uh, flutes. Yes. Right. That, that Correct. little chanting, that little chanting choir doesn't, don't like that don't like that don't like that i'm trying to overlook it um but 
correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a little like dialogue section in in the middle of Circle of Life where it drops down and it's kind of like, yeah, it's the and it's uh, Mufasa and Nala or not Nala, Saravi talking to each other about the birth of Simba. Yeah. Um, I think in, in any other song, it's weird uh, to have that in there, but I don't know why I kind of like that moment uh, in in Circle of Life. It kind of lets you relax a little bit <laughs> after being like screamed at for the first half of the song and thinking about life and death. It's like, okay, now let's sit with that for a second. Um, and, you know, for for when you're you know you're listening to all these songs straight through and the needles in the groove uh your your intro moments and your outro moments are very important uh and this song has awesome uh awesome both of those yeah uh with the with the yelling at the beginning and then sort of like a an abrupt sort of like get the circle mm-hmm. uh to end things so i don't know i really liked under the sea uh much more than i think i thought i would Right. But uh, I think in this matchup, I, I again have to give credit where credit is due uh, to the Lion King and to Circle of Life. So I'm going to agree with you and move the number one seed onto the final four. I'm sorry, Sarah Kate, but your boy Sebi's going home. <laughs> uh, you think if it went down to a tiebreaker, you would have moved the Little Mermaid on here or gone with Circle of Life? Yeah, don't don't tell Sebastian. But <laughs> I <laughs> I would have picked Circle of Life as well. I. I feel like for me, when I am like head over heels for a song, it's one of those songs where you could take the words away completely and it still gives you full body chills just listening to the melody, the orchestra and Circle of Life is definitely one of those songs. So yeah, this one takes the lead for me. Sorry, Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The next matchup is the number four, so you let it go from Frozen versus number 12, Once Upon a Dream from uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. A film we saw, we haven't talked about the fact that we went to a theater to watch Sleeping Beauty recently. We were both just so dialed into that (laughs) viewing experience. It was so uneventful. We just like sat in the chair, watched it, loved it, and then went home. Like it was, there wasn't really, it wasn't very eventful. Fucking locked Uh, in. But, but yeah, the, the Walt Disney Family Museum shows uh, Disney movies uh, on a monthly basis. And so, in May, I think, or it was April. April, uh, think, they were yeah. showing Sleeping Beauty. So we went into the city, mm. sat in a little movie theater, mm. a bunch of little kids running around. Oh my god! Uh, but it was, uh, it was, it's always fun to sort of like, um, really, just like we're doing with this music, like really intentionally tune into a movie that you've seen a lot of times. Yes, not just throw it on in the background for some like comfort viewing while you're messing around on your phone, but like really paying attention to things and seeing if you can sort of take anything new out of it, no matter how many times you've seen something. Uh, so yes, that was a fun, uh, sleeping beauty experience, Kyle. And you, and in the last episode, you shouted out kind of the, one of the best parts of this song once upon a dream. And, and when you're watching, when you're listening to the song in the context of the movie, and that's those, those wide shots of the forest as, Filthy Phil and Briar Rose are are waltzing uh, with the woodland creatures uh, yeah. over that lake with that reflection, um, with that Ivan Earl matte painting. Oh, mm. just so good. Uh, but we're talking about the music here and, and we're talking about these vinyl songs, you know, that stuff that's maybe playing in your head. But I'm really trying to focus on sort of the quality of the music. Yeah. And like I said, this this disc two side two that Let It Go is on just wasn't really working for me. Sure. Uh, th- this listen, and like, I love Let It Go, and I love Frozen, and it breaks my heart to say, like, at any point in time that I didn't enjoy a Frozen thing, uh, I do enjoy talking about how I don't like Olaf, but, you know, <laughs> anything Elsa related or Let It Go related, you know, I don't I don't like saying, like, oh, yeah, it, I was kind of over it uh, at that moment. I would say the one part of the song that really, I think... Uh, shined a little bit brighter than maybe it normally does for me is that bridge. Uh, my power oh, yes. Um It's just sort of like a little bit of a more mellow part of the song where it's sort of building. It's a little bit slower. Uh, I was really liking that part, but you know, a, a lot of the highs uh, in Let It Go, things like your the past is in the past. Things like your, you know, let the storm rage. Yeah. 
like those like those highs just weren't quite hitting as high for me uh on this on this vinyl listening experience for me uh so i have to go with with once upon a dream uh and and it's for the reason that we talked about in the last episode you know it's those sort of uh more classical music elements that are in this song i think they really play, play play really well on vinyl and I really like sort of a, a princess magic being something mm. that that we push, we keep pushing uh, in this in this bracket because I think it's fun to think about new Disney and and how we don't do things like that anymore. I really think that we are where we are now because those other movies walked uh, so that we can run. So I'm I'm tipping my cap to uh, my favorite Disney movie in this moment. I guess. Uh, I don't know what's my favorite. It's top three. Sure. sure. <laughs> One thing that I just kind of realized in you speaking about Let It Go and listening to it on vinyl, number one, yes, the bridge on vinyl makes it sound like you are inside the violin that is playing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really nice. Like, I love yeah. the instrumentation on Let It Go is so gorgeous. It is such a nice piece of music. You just have Adele Dazeem screaming on it the entire time. So you don't have any moments to really enjoy it until you get to the bridge. And that's what I really, really, really like about Let It Go. Second realization is that the songs that represent this moment in Disney on that part of the vinyl, starting with We're All In This Together, Dig A Little Deeper, Let It Go, How Far I'll Go, those first four are just loud. True. Like a lot of the music that we've listened to up until then, like, and I think Sarah Kate speaking to like one of your favorite songs, go the distance, like mm-hmm. they could have done that as well. And that would have softened things a little bit Yeah. Um, to, to end disc three, but you get into disc four, or I guess it's side four. And it's just loud. We're on this together. Loud. <laughs> Dig a little deeper has a loud finale. Let it go. She's screaming at us. How far I'll go, Moana screaming at us. <laughs> Ernesto de la Cruz, remember me, screaming at us. We don't talk about Bruno, we bring it back down, and then nobody like you is perfect. But like, it is jarring, the songs that they've chosen for this. And when you listen to it on vinyl, that's not necessarily what I'm looking for. Right. What I'm looking for is some piece of music that I can put on, drop that needle, I'm going to listen to a little, little popping, a little cracking. And I'm going to lay on the couch. I'm going to have a drink in my hand. And I'm going to listen to Once Upon a Dream. Mm. Gorgeous. The listening experience is amazing. It's one of those Disney songs that you just don't think of. At least us in, in our generation. We think a lot about the 90s music. We think a lot about some of the early 2000s music when we think Disney music. But Once Upon a Dream comes on and you're just, you're locked in. You're ready. Uh, whether you're watching or listening to it. And on the vinyl in this package, it just makes so much sense. I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Once Upon a Dream, I think, deserves the spot on the vinyl. And I think it should have been ranked probably higher uh, Mm. in the listening experience for sure. Love Let It Go. And I think the music is absolutely gorgeous. But I don't think that that is the representation of the Disney 100 in a nutshell. I think we get closer Mm. to that with Once Upon a Dream. Sarah Kate, let it frozen. There it goes. I uh, my my heart it it's broken. It's broken. <laughs> Were you gonna move? Would you move on? Let it go if the tiebreak went to you. I so when you guys were talking, it was really moving me towards buying this record so that I can hear <laughs> Once Upon a Dream on this record. It's only like 26 bucks. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> since when does Disney do anything for 26 bucks? Like I, I spent the rest of my money on a mug that was probably 40 bucks. So I could buy <laughs> the vinyl for 26. Um, but no, yeah, I think obviously like these are like my two loves here. We've got Sleeping Beauty, which is like ballet. It's it's that classical side. And then we've got Frozen and Elsa's my girl. So mm. I probably would have gone with Let It Go. But you've left me with a want to listen to Once Upon a Dream and not think about ballet, but listen to it. On <laughs> yeah. <Twitter. laughs> 
<laughs> not triggering any trauma no. responses, hopefully. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this next matchup. Then we're going across the bracket to number two, Beauty and the Beast versus number seven, It's a Small World. Ooh. All right, here we are. Talk about listening experiences. It's a small world. Love it. Do I love listening to it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I do. Um, I, as I really touted in the first episode, like this song belongs as a moment in history on this track list. Absolutely. Uh, Tiki Room as well. Grim Grinning Ghost should have been there. Yoho probably should have been there. Um, but it's a small world making it onto this bracket. It's very telling. Like this is a I I hope that we're starting to move away from the like that ride is annoying, the song is annoying, into more of like just an appreciation for what it is. And I think this bracket kind of represents that. Like, yes, it's repetitive. Yes, it's annoying. If you get stuck on it like Sarah Kate's coworker, yeah, you're gonna hate life. But riding through it. It's actually really enjoyable. And we also forget that like it's in different languages as you go through. So you're hearing a little bit different. You're hearing the instrumentation change a little bit as you go through as well. It is a fine song. However, when I'm thinking about like what I want to throw on vinyl and what I want to listen to uh, in a track list, I don't think that It's a Small World is one that I'm like, Yo, everybody pull up. Hold on. I got the perfect song for this moment right now. Let me throw on a little Sherman Brothers Small World. So I really like, obviously, in in me loving Disney history, what it represents and what it represents on this vinyl. Um, but the listening experience on this vinyl lends its hand a little bit better to Beauty and the Beast. Because that is a song like Let It Go in which the instrumentation is just gorgeous. Uh, it is soft. It is that listening experience that I'm looking for. Uh, Angela Lansbury's voice through vinyl is just some sort of magic. Uh, and so it just it it just feels right. Also listening to it on vinyl, it almost feels like Chris, you talked about being transported under the sea or transported onto the savannah. This feels like I am in the ballroom. I am like mm. watching it happen. I'm watching the dance happen. And this song doesn't really do that for me in any other listening capacity other than the vinyl. And that was something that was really surprising for me when I listened to it. Because uh, honestly, a lot of the times it's an instant skip. Like, okay, Beauty and the Beast, boom, all right, next song in my listening experience. But once that, that song started on the vinyl, I was like, hold up. Let's pause the video game that I'm playing right now and, and let me <laughs> listen to this because it is actually gorgeous. So I think that It's a Small World deserves to be on this bracket. It deserves to be in this Elite Eight, but I think this is where it goes home for me. I'm going to go number two, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, in the last episode, I talked about how I um, was scared of choirs as a little kid and how I don't really like choirs, and It's a Small World <laughs> is basically Choir the Ride. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so... Children's Choir come to life. I Imagine you getting stuck choir. <laughs> I I think uh, I would be a hypocrite if I moved It's a Small World on after having said that. And we've so, never been hypocrites on this not, podcast. Not once. Not even one time. <laughs> no, I had the same reaction as you, Kyle, uh, to Beauty and the Beast. It's normally a song I say, it's, you know, I know it. Don't need to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, when it's on a, a playlist or something like that on my Apple Music. But, but yeah, uh, on the vinyl, I, I really tried to listen to it intently and, and was very, very uh, pleasantly surprised by it. So. I'm agreeing with you. I'm moving the number two seed, Beauty and the Beast, on Sarah Kate. Uh, are you with us on that one? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think if we're getting down to what we want to listen to and what we don't, it's uh, pretty obvious we're not going to sit here and listen to Small World by choice unless you're on the ride. So, yeah, Beauty and the Beast takes the cake here. <laughs> All right. The final round of eight matchup is the number three seed, When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio versus number six, Bare Necessities from the Jungle Book. <clears throat> took me a second. Yeah. This is you, good. You completely All right. forgot. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, Kyle, this podcast started with the idea that When You Wish Upon a Star might be the best Disney song. Yeah. Or Let It Go might be the best Disney song. Yeah. Or 
Uh, and, and for those of you that don't know the backstory of the podcast, Entertainment Weekly uh, ran some type of best Disney song uh, bracket in their magazine. And we ran it. We ran the bracket like as friends. Uh, and we, we had wildly different uh, <laughs> <laughs> results. Um, and we had our relatives do it. And everyone seemed to have kind of a different opinion on which songs would advance over the others and, and which ones would, would be crowned winners. And my dad saw the bracket and he was like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's when you wish upon a star. Come on. Uh, no question about it. This is, this is the theme song of Disney. Right. Uh, so why are we even talking about any other song being better than it? And so that's where we come in. <laughs> that's where we come in to absolutely destroy everything that we think we know about Disney. Uh, and in this situation, Disney music. So um, when you wish upon a star is a, it's a fine song. Uh, I, mm. I'm, yeah, the choir don't like it. Here we um, go. <laughs> listening, listening to, to this on vinyl like I said in the last episode, it's a joy to hear kind of the the classic sound mixed in with the pops and crackles of your your vinyl record player. Um, and the story that it tells with its lyrics is one of dreams and wonder. And like that is that is Disney. Like that's it. Mm. Uh, there's a reason it's the theme song of Disney. Right. Bare necessities, though. Oh. Uh, Here's here's what I sort of decided is that there is a speed. There's like a resonant frequency of like how fast the vinyl record is spinning. Yeah. And like how fast the tempo of the song is. And when they match perfectly, uh, then then <laughs> like that is you've you've achieved vinyl nirvana yeah, like you're transcending out your of body open and face the sky and you just go oh, i'm floating levitate. above myself like watching bare necessities spin and that's what this song did to me yeah, crazy. Uh, it just hit that sweet spot that you want like you said when you're throwing on a vinyl record you don't you don't necessarily want to be uh you know listening to club bangers um you you want to be you want to be chilling bro you want to be chilling and both of these songs are chill sure but uh i think jazz is sort of the bare necessities the underlying genre of bare necessities and and that is a genre that is tailor-made for a vinyl record listening experience yeah um not old-timey choirs um (laughs) uh, i'm going with bare necessities the number six seed ah Gosh, this one is so difficult because I love both of these songs, not only just on this vinyl, not only in the celebration of Disney music, um, but also in their listening experiences. Uh, I, When You Wish Upon a Star is another skip if it comes on in any other format, but when it's here on vinyl, it almost makes sense. Um, I love the intro to it. The, the kind of, you know, instrumentation, you have Jiminy Cricket kind of like falling through. I really like that. Um, and then I love the choir, as I said last episode. Bare Necessities, you are 1000% correct that jazz just makes sense on vinyl and especially like swing jazz, which is a lot of what the Jungle Book is. And so this song just makes a ton of sense in the media format of vinyl records. So when it comes on, we talked about it last episode, we were vibing. Yeah. We we had that out-of-body experience where we're like, you know, usually this song is not something that I really think about or that I listen to or I stop what I'm doing, but when it comes on on vinyl, yes, I do. So this one is really, really difficult for me. I want to sidetrack really fast because... As you were talking and you're talking about, you know, the the theme song of Disney and it's on this Disney 100 when you wish upon a star and, you know, the bare necessities make so much sense for vinyl. For Disney's 75th anniversary, uh, they released a vinyl set as well. Hmm. You know how many discs it was? Seven. About. It was like five. <laughs> I have it. No and way. It, and it was... They take like four to five songs from every animated film and significant live action film. So you have like 
the de- the first disc is like Steamboat Bill, apparently. <laughs> but on that one, it says Steamboat Willie. Like uh, Minnie's Yoo-Hoo. You have Who's Afraid. Like all of the old time, like uh, Silly Symphony songs in a block. And then you get into the animated full length features. Like it's crazy how in they went for 75. And then for 100, we get a two disc set. And honestly, when it comes to listening experience, this is a little bit better because at least you're not trouncing through the skeleton dance in (laughs) mid-February on that vinyl and having to like move the needle to the next song. Here, it's like, okay, I get it. I get the waltzy songs. I get that it's uh, the big power songs. I get the Renaissance era. So I I just needed to say that because I forgot to bring it up and I needed to bring it up that that 75 is absurd. Uh, but, you know, you also get Candle on the Water on vinyl on the 75. So, I mean, Helen Reddy, come on. You don't get that here. In this matchup, that listening experience between these two are probably the, the most elite on this bracket. I'm going to go with the three seed. I love When You Wish Upon a Star in this listening experience. I like what it means to Disney 100. Uh, I like that it is not only used today, but it is kind of the signature sound of uh, the Disney company today. And it's not to say that it is bounds better than Bare Necessities in this matchup, because I think Bare Necessities was a pleasant surprise uh, and one that I'm going to start listening to more, to be honest. Uh, but I have to go three seed here, which means Sarah Kate, you're breaking a tie. I I have to say, you guys had me terrified there for a moment that you were going to knock out when you wish upon a star because that absolutely <laughs> oh. is the number one song here. Um, it goes back to what I was saying previously. It's one of those songs that you can strip away all of the lyrics to it, and I will just sit there and sob. Like <laughs> you put me in a Disney park with that song and I'm going to be a disaster, but in the best way, <laughs> so, sure. yeah, this zero doubt in my mind, this goes far and above and beyond what bare necessities does for me. That is also a fantastic song. And I will always leave it on when it comes on my Spotify playlist and dance around and sing along. But uh, <laughs> when you wish upon a star takes it. Three seed moves on. Final four time. Number one, Circle of Life versus number 12, Once Upon a Dream. And I like this matchup because it feels like quintessential uh, golden era, quintessential renaissance, which are the two considered like best moments in Disney history. Uh, if, if, we, if we had some parks, I don't know, Chris, we might see your grim groaning ghosts here in the final four if they include it on that vinyl. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But, but here we are. So what I really like about this matchup is that the circle of life feels like it really represents what Disney was trying to do in the 90s, which was tell fuller stories. Uh, Disney was very much well known for telling good stories and being a great te- storytelling company but they were simple they were so simple girl down on her luck uh, is rescued by boy who does something to win her over uh there's a one central villain big bad movies over once the villain is defeated and so you have the circle of life and the lion king who's like listen like this movie is going to have that this movie is going to have a love story this movie is going to have a big bad but it represent that is a microcosm of the bigger picture. Like there is so much more to life than just these stories. Uh, and they really open the film with it. And the circle of life is great about explaining that. Uh, I like that they chose to go with the movie version instead of the Elton John version, because I think the Elton John version is a little bit more consumable to just like listening but here they are doing it, the, the film version. Chris, you brought up that what we can go ahead and call the bridge, which is just the non-lyrical part of this song, is really nice to listen to over vinyl. And it's just it's just strong. Circle of Life, everybody knows it. Everybody knows the opening. Uh, Chris, it was a it's a traumatizing song if you worked at the family vacation summer camp because you may have been woken up by a Circle of Life playing 
and all of your friends in your dorm room and suddenly you're taking a shot at oh god i mean sarah kate's trauma is ballet trauma and our trauma is yeah taking Uh, shots uh too early in the morning because somebody woke you up to circle it's on the same level right oh for sure yeah yeah yeah. our experiences are definitely being incredible ballet dancers and, and you know obviously uh so Circle of Life is just such a strong, strong song. In this Disney 100 vinyl, though, I I have to lean towards Once Upon a Dream. Hmm. I have to lean towards what it represents from that film in that era, which was that simple kind of storytelling. They loved music. Obviously, music is a huge part of Disney history. Their entire uh, company was built on a series called Silly Symphonies. Uh, And the classical music genre, really, as you said last time, comes through on vinyl. And Once Upon a Dream is an incredible piece from a ballet that just makes a ton of sense on vinyl here. Also, it's one of those listens that just feels right in the celebration. When you think about Disney, you think about wishing and dreaming and magic. This comes through not just because they talk about dream. They're not talking about dreams. They're talking about like literal in your brain sleeping dreams. She saw Filthy Phil in her dream one time. It wasn't your dream. You were just a baby and he was like 12. (laughs) That was real life, Aurora. Wake up. Uh, And so it it just fits the bill when it comes to what Disney is and what what they, you know, protrude, what they give off. And I, I just like it. Circle of Life is a really strong song, but I think it at this point, like, I don't even think of Circle of Life necessarily as like a Disney song. That is like a, a cultural song. People just know it. While Once Upon a Dream just has that Disney sound, it has that Disney energy, and I really like that here. So I want to move the 12th seed on to the finals. I think for me, the the where it comes up short is that Lion King is so often regarded as like the best 90s Disney movie. And I think, I, I don't think I would agree. I think there's certainly evidence that you could use to support that claim, however. Sure, sure. Um, I think the Lion King music is pretty good, but it's not the best Okay. Um, of 90s Disney music. What is, uh, and what is it? What is it? It's, it's Mencken music. It's Beauty and the Beast. Sure. Uh, and elements of The Little Mermaid. Uh, and so when we're talking about this, this disc two side one of yeah. the Disney 100 album vinyl, yeah. you're talking about music that's supposed to encapsulate an era of Disney music circle of life. It's certainly a moment, but I don't know that musically it, it sort of like best represents the era. Hmm. Once upon a dream, I think absolutely does do that. Uh, it's that sort of like, m- like middle middle area. I don't know what what they really call it in sort of the history of the company, but it's like that in between the like golden age, right? And you know, up through like it's basically like when Wall was dead, basically. Right. Uh, so I I'm I'm agreeing with you, and I'm I'm gonna do Once Upon a Dream Whoa. for the finals. Uh, I, uh, we've always been heavily biased towards Sleeping Beauty. Uh, and yes. I've always been heavily biased towards the song. Not going to change for this matchup. We'll see how the finals go. I'm mm. sorry, Sarah, Kate, we just keep like pushing this one Sleeping be- Beauty song <laughs> on to the finals and you have no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you would have gone Circle of Life if it came down to you. Yeah. You know what? I mean, after hearing you guys talk about it in the sense that it's another one of those disney anthems you've honestly started to sway me a bit Mm. so it yeah this is this is really healing for me it's going away from ballet going towards (laughs) disney love so i while i had gone circle of life this entire time and also not gone once upon a dream this entire time i think that you've got me on board I'm so glad that we can serve as your therapists and really reframe the way you think about that song. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Well, um, who will meet us, uh, Briar Rose and Filthy Phil in the finals? Uh, Will it be the number two seed, Beauty and the Beast, 
uh, or will it be the number three seat when you wish upon a star? Uh, I mean, this is hard. Mm. Um, I don't think I listened to either of these songs very often. Sure. I think they're both sort of <laughs> skips for me. So I'm, so I'm, I'm sort of having to go back to my sort of like vinyl listening experience the other day. I kind of want to hear what what state you're in for both of these as you're listening at your cubicle at work. Well, okay. So let's look at where we are uh, in the history of the. Okay. So Beauty and the Beast was the second song on the disc too. So I was, I was without, this is when I was the most locked in. Uh, (laughs) And so I was really listening with a lot of care. And I, as, as this song comes up in brackets uh, over the years, I always look for ways to sort of like, be like, this is why this song's not that good, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it with this, this particular listen. Uh, and I'm being a hundred percent honest. Uh, when you wish upon a star, it was one of the first ones. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure this was like towards the beginning of my day, Mm. you know, when I was support sort of starting to get into that, like I'm here for work, uh, mindset. Yeah. And, and it's a good song to sort of help me get there. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to start things with a, hey, um, it's 9 a.m. Welcome to work today. hands. I'd be like, I'm going to go home now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, When You Wish Upon a Star was after Whistle While You Work. Uh, and, and it was the moment that I realized, you know, I think I'm going to end up probably leaning old school Disney, Mm. uh, on the, in this particular bracket. I don't know. I think, I think I'll go with that criteria. Let's go ahead and say that that's why, what, what I'm going to (laughs) do. Uh, and, and I'm going to go with when you wish upon a star. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think we're talking about, let's, let's zoom out. We're talking about Disney 100, 100 years of Disney music. Um, and I have always been someone who is extremely partial to uh, original Disney. Uh, sure. And and I think that like for me growing up wasn't, I mean, I did watch those 90s movies, but I was much more sort of enchanted by the old school, hmm. uh, the real classic sort of, um, I'll call it an energy. You know, there's this, there's this warmth to it. Uh, it's, there's this gentleness to it that I find very comforting. And when you mix it with kind of like being on a vinyl record, it's, it's really like a perfect balance. So I'll go, I'll go wish you want upon a star. What was that? What was the song? <laughs> uh, I'll go when you wish upon a star. <laughs> oh man, this is another difficult matchup for me because I think that both of them are extremely important for the vinyl and for Disney 100. You have When You Wish Upon a Star, which the company really latched onto, despite Pinocchio being kind of a flop when it first came out. Uh, But that song really resonated with the company and and them wanting to be the company of dreams and magic and optimism and, you know, the the imagery of a star. Hell, we're about to get a, a movie called Wish that's all about the star that people wish upon. So, like... It, it all and that's in on Disney 100 so it it all kind of comes full circle and makes a ton of sense why that song uh, really resonates with people and Beauty and the Beast like once you when the minute that Beauty and the Beast dropped and it was such a success they were like we're putting that imagery into everything <laughs> everything Belle and the Beast twirling around that ballroom is used everywhere to this day i I saw an ad for um or no was it an ad for i feel like it was it was for um wish when we were at uh the theater chris watching Mm -hmm. little mermaid and they like called out you know from the makers of snow white from the makers of beauty and the beast (laughs) from the makers of and Every time you see Beauty and the Beast, my mind goes to that song and that scene. So, like, it has a really important impact. And the fact that, like, that brought Disney from the grave. <laughs> like, that song, that style of song, it brought Disney back. And so, it plays an extremely important part in the Disney company's history. 
also the listening experience. I love them both, but there's something about the Beauty and the Beast song on vinyl. It makes me want to just get cozy in an armchair and get sucked into the cushions and just sit there and listen to it. It's the, it's that slow swell of the strings at the very beginning. And I'm like, well, I better settle in. Angela Lansbury. Whispering me to sleep. I've said this before on other, on other shows, but it's just a different experience. I'm in the ballroom. I'm there watching this happen. There's some magic to it. I'm going to go two seats. Sarah Kate, you're going to go ahead and break a tie. Who's going to the finals? I I think we all know where I'm going with this one. Uh, it's it, It's got to be When You Wish Upon a Star. It is Di- a Disney anthem. Like when you think Disney, you think When You Wish Upon a Star. You can't get away from it. It's always going to be there. And then in my own personal life, it is the song that brings me back to childhood nostalgia of Disney World trips. It Hmm. is the song you listen to in pretty much every fireworks show Disney's ever done. It's in the kiss goodnight at the end of the park day. It's Hmm. just, it it screams Disney. It is Disney and it puts me in my feels. So (laughs) it's got to be it. (laughs) All right. Here we are in the finals crazy matchup number 12 once upon a dream from sleeping beauty is taking on number three when you wish upon a star two songs from pre-1960 are here representing the disney 100 and i think that makes a ton of sense yeah i think like especially for our generation our gateway was lion king it was aladdin it was beauty and the beast but our memory is of Snow White. It's of Cinderella. It's of Sleeping Beauty. And it just goes to show how impactful those films are, albeit simple, albeit uh, storylines that don't necessarily age well. Uh, it goes to show just what Disney has done for the past 100 years and, and what they've inspired and what they've uh, you know, encouraged. And I'm really excited for what Disney has coming up. I'm really, honestly, honestly, I'm not even joking about this. I'm excited to see what Disney does without Daddy Lynn's little paws on it with Wish. I'm excited to see what that movie comes out with the music and and how they they lean away from Daddy Lynn carrying them carrying them on their on his shoulders, right? Like. Let's see what they do. If they're going to hearken back to this dreaming and this wishing moment, then how are they going to represent that in the music? And they have a really great opportunity. And I think that these two songs are two that they are going to need to lean on. Uh, You have the Once Upon a Dream, which is the quintessential Disney love song, the love moment, the, the princess and the prince. It's a perfect representation of how Disney got started. And then you have When You Wish Upon a Star, which is this like dream it, you can do it attitude. It's this, you know, you, you, if you just put your mind to it, if you send it out into the world, if you manifest it, whether that's in a star or with your affirmations, you are going to go ahead and achieve what you need to. Uh, and I, I really, really like that as well. On this vinyl, in listening to it and within the Disney 100 track list, it's hard to discern which one is truly the best Disney 100 song on this vinyl. What is best representation of the company in its hundred years that they've chosen for this track list? But I think that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the number 12 seed Once Upon a Dream. I'm going to do that because I think that it's just as aspirational as When You Wish Upon a Star. Uh, it harkens back to it, it Disney's reliance on other things. Sleeping Beauty is a ballet. Original stories that they've been telling from a uh, Snow White, Brothers Grimm. Like they they lean on influences and they try and translate that. And they've taken pieces of the ballet and turned it into a Disney song with Once Upon a Dream. It's a love song. It's an aspirational song. It's about not necessarily like I you know dreaming about your lover it could you can translate that to whatever you want it you know i saw you once upon a dream i've seen this goal once upon a dream I've seen my life once upon a dream uh 
I just like it. I like it a lot. Not to say When You Wish Upon a Star is not uh, worthy of being here in this finals because I agree with you, Sarah Kate. It is the thesis of the Disney company uh, and has been for a very, very long time. But I think what represents what Disney has done in these hundred years is Once Upon a Dream. I'm going to go with the 12 seed, Chris. Yeah, in a lot of ways, um, When You Wish Upon a Star, it's like the thesis statement of the essay that is Disney music. Sure. Uh, Do you prefer... The, the opening argument or do you prefer all of the as evidence that points back to the, the original argument, right? Yeah. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, I really like Once Upon a Dream because this is the concrete evidence we have of the idea that when you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. Um, I mean, so is Pinocchio. But I like the, I like the actual people, um, not the mm. wooden puppets. <laughs> sure. The the thing, the other thing about Once Upon a Dream, something about these early princess voices, they play so well on a vinyl record. Uh, mm. a- a- Adriana Casalotti is Snow White. Yep. We already talked about how we love uh, Whistle While You Work. Yeah. Mary Costa as uh, Briar Rose, Sasha Aurora. Her voice sounds incredible yes. uh, on this vinyl record. Uh, so I really like that quality as well. However, Oh, when Filthy Phil comes on and we get that Phil verse in Once Upon a Dream, I'm out. Whoa. Don't want it. I wish this song, there was like a version of the song where it was like only Briar Rose singing. Because I don't know. I just don't like uh, Phil's Phil's verse. I don't like listening to him sing. I don't think we should give him a voice to to talk. (laughs) Uh, and so I'm going to go with the OG. I'm going to go with our thesis statement. I'm going to go with the prophecy. Dang. Uh, I'm going to go with when you wish upon a star, the number three seed, which means we have a tie. Wow. For the win. And that means on her first ever episode of mouse madness, Sarah Kate, uh, you're crowning a winner. Will it be once upon a dream or will it be when you wish upon a star? Mm. So in the beginning of this episode, or I guess the first episode, <laughs> so you asked okay, me, let's start at the top. <laughs> <laughs> you, you asked me if I knew what my favorite was going to be or how I thought things were going to go. This is what I said was going to be number one. When you wish Whoa. upon a star. I, I, in my heart, in my head, in my soul, I knew that this was going to be number one because this is, it's Disney. There's no mm-hmm. other way to put it. I sound like a broken record at this point because I love <laughs> the song so much. It is Disney. And I just, I knew, I knew. And here we are. <laughs> wow. There is the best song on the Disney 100 vinyl album representing all of the company's history is the number three seed. When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we are going to clap it out. What a incredible discussion. I love this vinyl a lot. Uh, I love that track list, even with the jarring start of the fourth (laughs) side with we're all in this together out of absolutely nowhere. Um, But we have a Pinocchio song that had made it to the finals and wins it all. When you wish upon a star, what a great time! You love to see it, and Sarah Kate, thank you so much for helping us get here. It was super fun having you on the pod. Uh, we'll have to have you on again. We'll have to hit the Disney parks in Florida sometime yes, soon. But it was an absolute treat. Thank you guys so much. I can't even tell you how much fun this was, and how much mm. I looked forward to letting the Disney adult fly. <laughs> <You're always laughs> That's welcome. what we do here. Yep. That's what we do. <laughs> Um, all right, everyone. Well, that does it for another episode that does it for another bracket. If you have something to say about all this, send us an email at mousemadgespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, and Twitter. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's gang. We'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. Mm right to vote on bracket topics, mm. access to video episodes, mm. um, the occasional Disney vlog, mm. uh, and of course, an invite to our seasonal Disney trivia event. 
tune in next week uh, where we have a solo episode by me wow. coming at you. Uh, gonna be super fun. Don't know what it is yet, but I'm sure <laughs> it'll be great. Um, and folks, just remember that when you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs>